Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Sorry, we are a day late. I will take full responsibility for that. Um, but as always, I'm your host, Ali, and joining me tonight, we just have the, the regular crew. So, Simon and Dave, how are we, chaps? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Possibly never better. Possibly never better. <laughs> yeah, we've just spoke off pods, and um, yeah, Dave might be the happiest of the whole podcast. And three years ago, we definitely wouldn't have said that, Dave. No, no, I might never again, but right now, <laughs> everything's great. I feel this might be a regular for, for, for a few months yet, Dave. I don't think, don't think you're going to have much to worry about. Hmm. There's always something to worry about. Like at the minute, I've, I've broken the bread bin. Sorry, carry on. Oh, no. Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> How the other half live here? What happened to just rolling the bread up and putting it on the top of the toaster? No. <laughs> it's all that it's, it's, it's all that Saudi money coming out isn't it oh, I did. <laughs> uh, keep, my, keep my bread in the bread bin and uh, oh, how's the other half, anyway let's go back on it how the other half was the, the Premier League um, starting off the weekend then boys we had Burnmouth and Leicester um, I'm not sure how Rogers is still in a job at this point Um even still, that we're on Monday. He's still in the job after this. Just how how's he doing it, Simon? How's he how's he hanging on? <laughs> because he's uh, he's not willing to negotiate on another player. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason. I mean, yeah, but you you sort of thought after the um, the results against Forest last week might have kick-started their season and Bournemouth. Away on paper is isn't a bad fixture to follow that up with, but from the highlights I saw, I know they they took the leads, but I, I thought I thought they looked really really poor and, and were well beaten. I mean, I think can't remember if it was the first or the second goal, but one of them, I think it came from Bournemouth took a quick throw in, and as they were, they were taking, I think it's Dewsbury Hall tried to do like a stupid little pirouette yeah. and like rolled out of play. <laughs> And then just sort of slumps his head down and starts strolling back. And it takes him like four or five seconds to realise that, that Bournemouth are, are already on the attack. And um, Danny Wards for the second goal. I, I, I don't know I don't know what he thought he was jumping at, but he was not jumping at the football. Whether he, I don't know, he got distracted by something shiny in the crowd, which took him <laughs> away from, from Christie as he was uh, popping it underneath him. But yeah, Leicester... 
As I say, I, I thought that that might have kickstarted their season last week, but they just reverted back to type. And Bournemouth, unbelievably, are sitting eighth in the table, which after the 9-0 defeat at Anfield, it seems like a long time ago now that that happened. I don't think anyone saw the uh, the response. I think I might think they were unbeaten under Gary O'Neill since he's, he's come in. So... Maybe they're, they're not the, the shoeings for both places that, that we, we first thought. I mean, I still think obviously it's a long way to go in the season and you'd expect they, they will still be struggling there or thereabouts. But you've got to say fair play to them to recover from the start of the season they had. It's, it is quite impressive, really. Very yeah, nice, genius, really. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> Now, do you know what? Yeah, it's just, it's just twelve points. I mean, I don't know how many, how many games has he been in? Uh, six. six. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I was reading today. The, the owner's not looking to sell. Um, yeah, the, the new owner was there on Saturday. Um, right. Oh, so just been sold. <coughs> well, I think it's like the prospective owner, I should say. Yeah. Looks like it's going to go through anyway, but. Um. I mean, well, who needs money when you've got Dominic Solanke? <laughs> <laughs> yep. He, he ran Leicester ragged. Um, the, the thing is, all they did was they realised that Leicester's only good player was James Madison, and they got Adam Smith to man Markham. And then Leicester had absolutely nothing. And then obviously Bournemouth found them. Two scrappy-ish kind of goals, but they still found them. Uh, and Leicester had, as I said, Leicester had absolutely no reply. Like, they've got... Nothing going from the beat Forest last week, who were atrocious in their own way. Um, unless Rogers goes soon, I, I just don't know if Leicester have got enough to turn it around. I can't see, can't see where it's coming from at the minute. Yeah, um, sure. I mean, you know my thoughts on them in general, but. It's looking, do you know, I knew they were doing bad. I didn't realise they were rock bottom in the league. Um, just looking at the table there. Um, four points. They, did they beat Forest last week? Yeah. So that's their only, their only win came last week. Um, they just look, they just look like a team that's done from every report. I mean, Madison obviously last week looked like he had a bit of it. It seemed like that was more just to kind of prove a point to Southgate. And then it's like, right, I've made my point. That'll do me. I think, I, I think as well, if, if it doesn't turn around, uh, you know, soon before the um, before the January transfer window, which, as you say, it doesn't, you know, there's no signs that that's going to happen. They're, they're obviously they're in, you know, a bit of financial difficulty. They they may obviously they wouldn't want to, but they they may be in a situation where they might have to sell like a, a Madison or Telemans to to, to, lo- to to stop them losing them on the free next summer to at least get some money in. Which would yeah. surely kill them off completely if that happens. Yeah, because Telemans, is it this summer or the summer after that Telemans is free? This summer. This summer, yeah. Is Madison the same or is... I think he's got 18 months. Right, yeah. See the, well, yeah I knew Telemans was coming up soon and I mean... He, I mean, at the start of the season, Kilmans wasn't even getting a game. I know it was down to obviously the perspective, you know, the rumours of him leaving and such. But again, surely you want to be playing players like that, <laughs> especially when you're not winning. What do you think? But 
I mean, he hasn't cut himself in glory either, to be fair. Like he, no. he was excellent and then seemed to have his head turned. Hasn't really been the same since. Um, I'm amazed he's still there, to be honest. I thought he'd been a surefire one to leave us somewhere, but for some reason they decided to sell nobody until Fafana and at the very last minute. <laughs> and, then, and they also gave away Casper Schmeichel, which is just the most ludicrous of decisions, I think, Sai said last week. Like, it's just... To get rid of him is one thing, but to not have a replacement lined up, and you know what? We're going to put all our eggs in the Danny Ward basket, which <laughs> which he almost certainly would drop, and then you'd have no eggs. Just to extend yeah. the metaphor a bit further. Oh, Danny. Poor, poor Danny. Um, mm. Is Danny Ward still Wheels number one? Well, he's Welsh. Another question? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't know that Welsh goalkeeper. I don't know if he was still first choice. Think, I've got a feeling Wayne Hennessy is still playing. Yeah, first right. choice. Hennessy is second choice at some other club now. I forget <laughs> yes. who it is. But still, still picked over first choice at least. I want to say Burn, Burnley, maybe? No, not Burnley. I don't know. He went somewhere anyway, and he's terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, that might tell you all you need to know about Danny Ward, but it's okay because Brendan has faith in him. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I'm just pleased to see Dominic Solanke repaying that £28 million five years later, finally. Eddie Howe is a genius. It's a long-term investment. <laughs> who, who, who took Solanke to Liverpool? Uh, Brendan, I believe, wasn't it? Well, I hope so. <laughs> That's <laughs> gone full circle, hasn't it? It's been a bit of a youth one bringing them through in the youth, wasn't it? Well, he, went from, he got him from Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah but when he was a, like a kid, though, was it not? Was it not kind well, of similar was... to the Sterling? And... Well, no, I think he was like 18. I think he'd been, like, he? 20, I think he'd been like in 21 and stuff by then. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Liverpool's under 21. don't really have a great track record of coming through. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I feel we'll be seeing the same conversation next week about Leicester and um, it'll be interesting to see where Brighton, eh, Brighton, Bournemouth goes. Um, Brighton on the mind when we talk about the next team. We Graham Potter's Chelsea uh, winning three 0 at Wolves. Um, by all accounts, Chelsea looked quite good in this game. Yeah, but look at the opposition. Like they're playing, <laughs> as, they're playing as a managerless, winless team. Like, <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, well done. You beat them. Like. I don't really give them an awful lot of credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even for our old pal Potter, no. I mean, I'm kind of pleased with him because I, you know, I don't I mean I don't want him to do well. Cause I want Chelsea to do well, but I don't want it to be his fault. Like it's, uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a catch twenty two for old Potter fans. Um, <laughs> if you feel dirty, you want them to win, don't you? <laughs> well, let's be clear. I never want them to win. I just don't want to be his, his fault when they don't. Um, uh, Wolves are awful. They need to appoint a manager and sort, the, sort themselves out or else they're going to go releg- get relegated. They've got nothing for us at home on Saturday. If they've got any sense, they'll appoint a new manager before then and then they'll probably win the game. Yeah. However. <laughs> the, the, I heard a Wolves fan on a podcast um, talking about this game and saying that they almost wish they'd left um, Bruno Large in charge for the next I want to say it was three or four games they had they've got quite a quite a run coming up I mean, got, you know so at least they had someone 
Um, uh, I think if they're going to appoint someone, now's a great time to do it because they've got Forest at home, Palace away, Leicester at home, Brentford away, that, Brighton, yeah, Brighton at home. Like, if there's a new manager bounce, if that's even still a thing anymore, now is the time to use it. Yeah, um, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It'll be Sunday Portuguese. Sunday probably will never help off. Um, and there'll be a new one in probably by the end of the season. So, <laughs> yeah, poor rules. Um, I mean, Sai, any, anything stick out for you in this game, or was it just Chelsea have spent millions and millions of pounds in rules or rubbish? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, the only real thing was I thought. Um, Mount did well for the two assists. They were both really nice balls. Very different sort of assists. One lovely uh, cross to the back sit for Havertz and the uh, for Pulisic's goals. It, it was good play to be fair, but like you say, you, you have to temper it with, with who the opposition were. And obviously, Brozier got his first goal for Chelsea as well with a pretty decent strike. So it'd be nice if be interesting to see if he gets the run of games actually because I think Potter. Yeah, you, you sort of get the feeling that he, he's obviously Broch is not not technically English, but I think he was born here and spent most of his time uh, growing up here. So I think part of quite like sort of young homegrown players, if you like. So be interesting to see how that develops over the season. But yeah, I mean this is a pretty standard routine win for Chelsea. Yeah, do you know what? That's a good point on on players like Brojo and I see Chuck Wimmer got a game as well. I don't know how much game time he's had. And that was his debut. That was, was it? So, yeah. Might, those players must be really excited for a Potter coming in. Yeah, it could be, could be a decent opportunity for them. I mean, I think it's Chelsea, for a long time, just no youth players really got any game time there. Then obviously, under Lampard with the transfer ban, a few, you saw a few youth players come in. Um, so, you know, yeah, it could be a good opportunity for them. I think Potter... He's certainly the type of manager that would give, I think, a young, talented player a chance. Now, obviously, he, you know, when the, the opportunity is there to go spend on, on a top player, he'll do it. But but I get the feeling that that he's quite happy to work with sort of younger players. So, yeah, it'll be, be interesting to see what happens. I've just noticed Kepa started in goal for Chelsea. And then the unused substitutes for Chelsea was Aubameyang, Mendy, Sterling and Chilwell. Just uh, 300 million not getting used. <laughs> you don't need to play them against Wolves, do you? That's a perfect game to rest them for. It's, it's, it's an all bad Saturday afternoon to, to rest for them. Um, all right, speaking of millions, but at least it's an entertaining millions this year. Um, the machine, Man City 4, Southampton 0. They're just toying with the league now, aren't they? Like, I mean, only beating Southampton 4 0. Um, Haaland only scoring one. Um, we kink in his armour here, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think everyone thought he'd scored in the first half when he hit the inside the post. Oh, that was like a glitch in the matrix, wasn't it? <laughs> but then they shut him down, restarted him, and he came back and he scored. Yeah, so. so, <laughs> Turn the power off at the main. Switch him off, switch him off and back on again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just... With City, obviously, I mean, we all know they're good, but the fact is that pretty much all of their front nine, let's call them, can all score goals or be involved in, yeah. in the play. Like their left back, Cancelo, is one of the best attacking players in the league. I think it's just insane. <laughs> um, 
obviously they're going to win the league. Um, it's nice-ish as a neutral to see, you know, Arsenal up there at the minute. It's not going to last, I think. It's a nice thought, but you can't live. I almost feel bad for Arsenal, though, because all we talk about is, yeah, Man City are going to win the league. They're not even top of the league. Like, I, <laughs> I know, but like, it's, like, I know, but it's funny. It's just inevitable, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. You know it's uh, coming. And I know it's coming. Like, <laughs> I, I, I firmly believe they're going to win it by comfortable double-figure points as well. I, um, I agree. I, I, I think the whole, that, that league will be wrapped up by mid-March. Early April. I, I'm so convinced that they're just going to win it by an absolute mile. Have they played for the other? No, not yet, no. Uh, I wonder when they do have each other. I will have a look, you know. I mean, I kind of hope it's soon. Cause you'd rather, I'd rather they played each other while like, Arsenal was still relatively decent. Oh, oh, it's been postponed. Oh, it got postponed because of, uh, of the, well, train <laughs> strikes, etc. Mm. Yeah. Not a shame. Yeah, because the, the, the second tie for them isn't until the 26th of April. So. Yeah, they'll have to fit in that rear end game somewhere. Well, let's enjoy it while it lasts. But yeah, City are obviously going to win the league. Um, they're already on, what, plus 24 goal difference? Yeah, just uh, 32 <laughs> goals in nine games. So. Uh, <laughs> they are quite goals, good. Quickest, quickest of 15 goals in history of Premier League, I think it is for Highland. Uh. <laughs> I mean, the, the only surprise to come out of this game was that Southampton only conceded four goals and Highland only scored one. I think that's the only thing that shocks me from this game. Well, I mean, Southampton pretty much just seemed to decide, you know, we're going to get beat heavily. Let's just not cross halfway and just try with everything we've got to keep respectable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, this is the same podcast I was, I was watching. The guest made a really good point about Haaland as well. Like he's, he is a proper number nine, isn't he? Like he, if you, if you, his movement, he very rarely, like if you, if you draw two lines down the D's of the box, he never leaves that centre rectangle. Like he runs are so cute. Like there's no like, let's go really wide to fool the defender. He just relies on such pace, strength, and just that good movement. And it's just. I never thought that this City team could improve so much with one player. <laughs> 21 shots to five. None on target <laughs> for Southampton. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel, again, this is this is going to be a conversation we're going to have many weeks. I mean, they've got 20, they'll have 29 games to go. Um and they'll probably win 26 of them. <laughs> maybe maybe one loss, two draws. <laughs> when the titles are something, something silly. Southampton have lost five of their last six games. How much trouble are they in, do you think? Um, do you know what? We always say they are, but Ralph seems to pull a result out. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that. The spin at some point. Yeah, they they always seem to get themselves to like this sort of real crisis point, and then they pull off two or three wins in a row. You look mm. at the table and think, oh, they'll be like twelve, thirteen. You go, oh, that's not too bad. And then in a few months' time, 
we'll be having the same <laughs> conversation. Because the water, yeah, yeah, we go, Jesus. How long Drekken Hasselhoodle's got left? And yeah, yeah, they're, they're, I think I said one of the, uh, the first uh, parts of the season, like they're, they're one of the strangest football teams in that league. They are. They're very inexplicable, really, but. Yeah, I, I always feel I feel we've said the same about Stoke for years as well. I, th- I think where they maybe this season it could be slightly different is in the last couple of years they've always had uh, a decent sort of core of experienced players, but this year I think they've they've you know the last eighteen months or so they've lost sort of some of the the older experienced players. And they've just got a lot of young players, which is a real gamble. If you know, if, if this losing run goes on much longer, they they won't have. Well, it's unlikely they'll have sort of the mental strength to to cope with that. And maybe that that could end up being the deciding factor. You just need to play Tio Walcott more. The problems will be over. <laughs> See, he's still there. <laughs> yeah, he was on the bench. Bloody yeah. hell. <laughs> For goodness so. sake. <laughs> Right, David, it's your time to shine. Oh, um, yeah. Newcastle, five. Brentford, one. Uh, Bruno Gomez two. Murphy, one. Almiron, one. And an own goal to top all off um, in the middle of that was an Ivan Tony penalty. Um, talk us through it, David. Yeah, well, Bruno um, back with his absolute best. He, he makes us tick. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, but for me, he's, he's certainly one of the best players outside of the, the big six, whatever you want to call him. I think he'd probably get in some of their teams as well, to be quite honest with you. He's uh, he's exceptional. Um, I, I Brentford were <laughs> gifted us three goals. Um, <laughs> when you go, when you go, he was going to pass it out centre forward. I mean, you know it's going to be a good day. Um, that was one. I mean, um, what Pinnock's doing to just give the ball to Almiron for the fourth. I mean, aye, thanks. Um, and then obviously the fifth one is an own goal by the same player so good for him um, <laughs> it's nice to beat a team like Brentford who if you look at the size of the two clubs is the type of result we should be dishing out and that's no disrespect to Brentford who have done very well recently but we should be better than Brentford based on you know everything from history to size of club to whatever else and there's only years of mismanagement that have got us to the point where beating Brentford is a surprise in some cases. Yeah. Um, we have got a long way to go, don't get us wrong. Like I say, we've played Fulham and Brentford the last two weeks, scored nine goals. Um, we totally have to go. During the Bruce era, it may have taken four or five months for us to score nine goals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I don't know, never going to complain at that. Um, We've got Man United away next Sunday, which I'm really looking forward to. Not because I think we're going to win, but I think this is a really good test to see where we are and how how good we actually are. Um, for the first time probably in my lifetime, I'm going there and I'm thinking, I'm actually, we could actually have a really good, a really good go at this. Um, they're, they're better than they were at the start of the season, but they're there to be got at. Um, and we've got the players to actually get at them now as well, so... Uh, really intrigued to see how that one plays out but um, for this week uh, just really pleased to take a team to the cleans for the first time in a long time and uh, put us in the top six oh. yeah 
I mean, two things that stood out for me in this game. Obviously, Bruno's performance overall, um, I put that in our chat as he the best midfielder outside Kevin De Bruyne. I still stand by that. Um, and the other thing is, Callum Wilson's assist, that one, I know the goalkeeper messed up um, and <laughs> passed it straight to Wilson, but for a forward to have that vision, just to lay it on for, was it Murphy's goal? It was Murphy, yeah. It was, yeah. Just, just the vision to that. I mean, like, that 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 is a not that's a very good chance for any striker, but just to look up, you know, in that split second, and just lay it for an open goal is just. I thought that was just such an intelligent piece of play. Yeah, I mean, for a striker who's been talked in the week about how you know he wants to win what he's called the silver boot, which is basically being top scorer after Haaland, um, <laughs> which is all anybody can really hope for now. Um, for him to be unselfish and square it, it's a bit, probably a bit surprising for for a no, number nine, but at 1-0, it was the right thing to do. Obviously, it gave us a two-goal cushion and ultimately led to us winning the game. Um, he didn't actually have his best day in front of goal, Carl Wilson, but he was he, he did the right thing there by, by passing it. Um, I still obviously rate him really highly. We're a better team with him in it. Um, I just hope he can stay fit for a prolonged run of games. I'm pretty sure he's not going to make the World Cup squad now, but... Um, I say for, for our prospects, him being fit will help a great deal. Um, the boy Isaac is injured, but not too badly injured. He should be back soon, but he's he's going to take a bit of time to to adjust completely. Um, and as I say, we, we just look a more complete unit with with Wilson up there. So, um, long may that continue. And again, with with Bruno, um, it's a bit harsh on Joe Linton, who's been left out recently, but it means. Longstaff sits in front of the back four instead of Bruno having to do it um, and that just means Bruno's further forward and obviously we've seen the, the benefits of that so um, a bit tough on someone I'd be left out at the minute but you've got to play what works Yeah well I was a bit like Bruno when he first came in as well you know just it's good to have those options I mean Joe and was injured as well wasn't he? Um, yeah he's been carrying a knock so yeah, it was nice to see St Maximum back come back on as well get minutes um, so the squad's only improving again you know the further on you go through um, Sai um, as, as an outsider um, I mean for, so obviously as Dave said it was, it was still Brentford but we know they can pull that result or two but anyway, how, how high do you think this Newcastle team can go this year? Um, I think breaking into the top six is a bit, I think is a big ask to be honest Um I think if they probably a, t- a top eight finish, I don't think is out of the question. Um, certainly the way that they're playing at the moment. I mean, sort of Dave mentioned uh, about how Brentford's you know gifted a few goals, which is true. But, but certainly um, two, not not the own goal, but but the other two. That's only happens because of how high and how relentless Newcastle's press is. Because Brentford's, mm-hmm. their whole way of playing is sort of playing out from the back. So it's not like, it's not like that it's, um, that's an alien concept to them. They're normally fairly decent at it. But, so I think you've got, you do have to give real credit to how Newcastle got at them and forced them into those mistakes. And it's, it is it's really impressive. I think on match of the day, they were sort of highlighting it as well. Like the, the work rate of that, that the front three put in and how high up the pitch they play and how aggressive the, the midfielders at the moment. It's, um, it, yeah, it's been the last couple of weeks have been really good. Obviously, you know, the start of the season, other than the Man City game, 
you kind of, I was, I was sort of watching them thinking, it's just not quite clicking at the moment. So there's a lot of draws in there against the home to Palace, where obviously there was a dodgy decision that that sort of cost them there. And also home to Bournemouth for sort of two results. You, you, you look at and think, you probably should have been taking all three points in there. But obviously they went and battered Fulham last week. They've gone and battered Brentford this weekend, so it looks like it's starting to click into place. And probably having Bruno playing high up the pitch in that midfield is, is, is probably really made a big difference in that. It definitely has. Um, and you're right; we should have taken you know more points off Palace and Bournemouth, but uh, we're not the we're not the finished article yet. Um, yeah, exactly. As you said, top eight would be unbelievable for us. Um, we're kind of, I sort of get more confident every week with, you know, the longer Liverpool are bad and the longer the likes of West Ham and Leicester aren't pulling up any trees. I kind of just feel there's like there's a, there's a space in that top seven or eight that we could occupy. Um, but the likes of West Ham are starting to stir a little bit. Obviously, Leicester are nowhere to be seen at the minute. But um, I don't know how much how long Brighton are going to stay up there. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Bournemouth won't finish eighth. Um, <laughs> so there's... There's still a lot that, a lot that can change. Um, well, I, I think the main thing is, and, and it's something we, we've said a few times and we'll probably keep on saying it until after it happens, but the, the break for the World Cup is just... You yeah. know, it's almost yeah. impossible to predict. You've almost got to wait until sort of the late December, early January before I think you'll get a real picture of how the league might end up shaping up. I think the World Cup is actually brilliant news for the likes of us. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think it favours pretty much everyone um, and it doesn't really favour the top teams as much because they sort of have that resource anyway mm. um, and a lot, a lot of their players are going to be away whereas for us alright well there's 44 or 5 I think it is for the World Cup itself but it's a month where we can get players recharged and, and re-energised and go again which obviously you never normally get at that time of the season so yeah. um, I'm quite happy for it to be honest um, yeah, yeah. So glad Haaland's going to be tired come January. But you know, just know. on on that um, point of players being recharged, like that, that is how you'd think that would happen. But it could also, if if you're on a good run of form, so if you go into that World Cup break having won, I don't know, say four of the six or seven games leading into that. Then you you don't want that break. It, it, could, it could it could be a real momentum killer for some teams who are on a good run. It could, but it's, it's, it's every team, isn't it? It's not exactly, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of, There'll be loads of closed door friendlies and stuff as well for those teams and yeah. who've got. You know, it won't just be training just to keep fit. There'll be there'll be teams organising closed door. You know, yeah. That competitive type there that keep the because there's always so much you can do in training. It's almost going to be like pre-season all over again, isn't it? Exactly. I think we're actually playing Villa during the during the break in oh. in Saudi Arabia or something like that. It might not be Saudi Arabia, but you know, somewhere yeah. warm. Um, <laughs> so it was Villa. There's someone we wouldn't be playing anyway. But as you say, there'll be a lot of that kind of thing where there's training matches and things. Players just keep players sharp. That's um, it. Yeah. But it's it's different. Um, I think. Given the choice, I don't think anyone would want it to be this way, but if you're kind of playing the hand you've been dealt, I think the teams will make the most of it. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, that's the end, guys at home, for um, any positivity from the 
the home <laughs> teams in this podcast. <laughs> um, but we'll go on to the podcast team who lost 1-0 to Tottenham. Uh, Brighton 0, Tottenham 1 on the Saturday evening game, sorry. Um, Harry Cole, Harry Cole, Harry Cole, <laughs> the game. Yeah, it was, um, wasn't a, a vintage game. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I was out on Saturday night, so I'm lucky I didn't have to sit through it all, but I just saw, um, yeah, <laughs> I just saw the, uh, the highlights. Um, it's, yeah, it was kind of a typical Brighton performance in a way that they played some, some quite nice stuff at times, but just really lapsed that killer instinct. And then it was a sort of, traditionally untypical Tottenham performance, but becoming a more typical one under Conte, where they've not really played particularly well, but they've they've ground out a 1-0 win. Obviously, Kane gets himself a, a nice goal. I mean, I think I heard someone say, oh, he just, he just had... One of my mates, I think, said, I can't remember who now, said something like, I oh, just hit him, he just happened to be there. And it's like, no. Strikers like Harry Kane, they... they they don't yeah. get that amount of goals by just happening to be there by accident. Like, it's not an accident that they always end up in those positions getting those goals. Um, so you've got to give credit to him for that. And I'll also actually credit to Tottenham because obviously, um, you know, they, they got the real turning over last week in the North London derby and then during the week, uh, the fitness coach obviously passed away. So it must have been sort of a difficult few days on the training ground. So, Fair play to them for going and, and just you know, grinding out professional away win. It's, you know, fair play. Yeah, Dave Ryan session your starts Spurs win. No coincidence. <laughs> Said this last week. Well, maybe. I mean, I think the big difference here <laughs> was, was that uh, Conde did what a lot of Spurs fans have wanted to do for a while now, which is put a third, a third man in midfield against a you know a possession based team um, <laughs> and try and try and actually control the game a bit. Um, Granted, it was Basuma against his old club, and he was a bit rash. Kind of lucky to be lucky to avoid a more of a card than he got. That's the same, but um, it was it was a nothing game. I think I actually fell asleep in injury time. <laughs> I was surprised lasted that long, but it was all right for Tottenham. Brighton to be disappointed. All the chances felt Danny Welbeck, who just kept screwing, screwing the shot wide over and over again. Um, <laughs> New manager, same problems. Like nice on the ball, but seems like unless the chances fall at Trossard, it's kind of like less than fifty-fifty they're going to go in. That's it. Yeah, I mean that's that's been a problem um, for three seasons now. Um, they just need they need a goal scorer. They really need Calabosa. <laughs> like that I is think, where, you know they can do I, it. I think with this before like, they sold Mopai to um, uh, Everton. And replaced him with nobody. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Great. He couldn't score goals before, so they'll sell the striker. Yeah. Well, I'm sure yeah. Danny Welbeck will stay fit for 38 games. That won't be an issue. Never has been in his career until now. So. He probably can. It's not going to help him get goals. I've got the same issue when he's fit. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's good that the new manager's come in. He's pretty, as you say, he's pretty much just doing what Potter was doing. Um, I think the, the true test will be if they do get to like the January window and start tinkering and um, we'll see yeah we'll see what happens and as you say Spurs are Spurs they're, they're not going to lose many games against lesser opposition um, especially in tight battles with Conte and Jard are they? No that's, that's Conte's bread and butter is beaten 
the sort of lower end teams and then trying to stifle the games against the bigger teams but at the minute Tottenham haven't quite got the hang of doing that against the you know the, the other elite teams in the league but very good at sort of edging out these lower ranked sides yeah, well that's the end of the Saturday games. We will take a quick break there and we'll come back with the Sunday and Monday game. And we are back. Um the early game on Sunday was Crystal Palace and Bossman Ross as Leeds. Well, maybe not Leeds his Leeds anymore after his tweet about the manager. <laughs> Palace two Leeds one, Dave. Um my, my favourite Edward and uh, Eze with the goals um, uh, after Struzik um, put Leeds 1-0 up yeah I watched this game I didn't massively enjoy it to be honest it was very very championshipy. Um a lot of like position being turned over nowhere near either goal just a lot of loose passes and then throw-ins and free kicks and just just scrappy really Um I don't, I don't think much of Jesse Marsh and Leeds. I know Ross doesn't either, obviously, but <laughs> um, I just, I just look at them and think, you are going to get relegated. Like, I don't see any, anything particularly good about them. Um, the manager's aggressive. The players are aggressive. They get far too many cards. Um, and Palace basically won this game by showing a little bit of quality at the very what was it, last 10 minutes. Um, lovely flick from Zaha and Eze showed great composure to sit the defender down and drop, put in the corner. That was pretty much the only bit of quality in the entire game. Um, save for uh, sort of the lead goal where Aronson ran quite a distance and then managed to hit the post. But it was an awful game. Um, wasn't particularly impressed with either team. The Palace got better individuals, that's why they won, basically. Yeah, four four really good individuals as well, attacking-wise. And, well, three. Um, and, and Alicia, Eze and Zaha. They, they can just make something of nothing all the time. Um, I mean, Zaha's probably not been at his best this year, but he just pops up and it's important. As you say, the, the assist for that goal, Dave, and, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, he popped up with like, important goals. He's just... He, for for Palace's level, he's such a special player. Uh, he, he was he was pretty poor, to be honest, for most of the game. But like I say, it just takes one bit of moment to for to turn it on, and that's what got them the, the winner. But um, yeah, he had a pretty poor day until that point. But uh, with him as a Elise, um, the odds the odds are always one of them will be able to show up when they need them to. Uh, yeah, it's unlikely uh, that all three would have yeah, proper stinkers, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. Um, I, and Carl made a point last week where Palace didn't win many games, and kind of looked like this was going to be another one of those sorts of oh well, we've drawn at home, but mm-hmm. but the, but they found a winner. Um, I don't think they're in any trouble, but they're not. They're not as they're really hard to judge. Like they're, they're not as good yeah. as I feel they should be, given the injuries we've just talked about. But at the same time. You know, they still play dual water right back, so how good can they be? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I feel we've given Vieira like, a lot of credit in this podcast the last year and a bit, and they, ha- they haven't really done much, really. To you know, they've not been sitting. Um, is, it, is it unjust credit we're giving them? Um, um, possibly. I mean, 
I, I was thinking about it when last week and when when Carl was saying that, and it's almost like they they're getting the same sort of points tallying results as they were under Hodgson, but they just look they just look better whilst doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> like so, yeah, it's kind of it's it's how I suppose how do you judge a manager? I mean, I, I suppose if you were a Palace fan, you probably you probably would be quite happy because you you, you think okay Hodgson that you were though never in any danger but it wasn't attractive to watch like you you were going to, to Crystal Palace game and going to enjoy it whereas now again they're probably thinking we're not really in any danger of going down but at least we're getting a bit of entertainment <laughs> you know whilst we're watching it so yeah maybe maybe un- Unjust credit in terms of they're not really actually improved, but I suppose you've got to give some credit because at least it's a more fun Crystal Palace that you're watching, even if the end product is ultimately the same. Yeah, I'd rather, I mean, that's a thing of any of us. If you, if you can get two choices where you're going to finish in the same amount of points, entertainment football, we like losses and wins here and there, or 38. No, no draws. Yeah. You're going to take, take the wins and losses about entertainment, though. You know, rather than like Roy Hodgson's nil nils, um, you know, or scraping a one nil win and losing one nil sort of thing. Mm. You'd much rather take a hide in one week and give a team a hide in the next week. Yeah, I mean, I suppose what what is in the area's favour and in Palace's favour is the likes of Eze and Elisa are still very young, and you think yeah. will only get better now. Obviously, the better they get, you know, the, the more chance that you might end up losing one of them. But if, you know, if the whole club improves as they improve, then then that's maybe where, where I'd assume that's what the plan is and that's what they're focusing on more of the sort of long-term game. Yeah, and imagine they're looking at them the way they had Zaha, you know, earlier in the, the career yeah. and just, you know, try and, and hope that if he signs it, I think he's out of contracts in as well. Uh, maybe another 18 month because always those talk unless he signed one recently I can't remember but they may be hoping that the, the owners maybe look at West uh, Zaha as like the, the example you know like it's not greener elsewhere you know stay here develop until mm-hmm. um, you're you know you're fully ready to to go into a like a Liverpool City United Arsenal type team um, rather than going to be a squad player if that makes sense yeah definitely um, next up, then, we have West Ham 3, Fulham 1. West Ham slowly turning around here, Simon. Um, I think this is the second win in the bounce, is that right? Uh, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, nothing they won in the, in the week in whatever European competition they're in, so I think it's three wins in the bounce. Mm. Yes, it's only started to turn it around, although... This was a really odd game in that I think none of West Ham's goals should have counted. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, I don't think it was a penalty. And they were both handballs. So, I mean, the, the Skamaka one, how, how on earth he managed to get away with that? You, you didn't need to look to go to VAR to see if the ball had hit his hands. You just needed to look at his face. I know. know exactly what's happened. <laughs> when, the, when the player's like, I'm not celebrating this, he's going to get the yeah. and they still give the goal, and it's like, aye, right? I mean, I, I, I must admit, though, when, when the goal was given, 
that celebration, the, the, the brass neck on the lad, <laughs> it was like he just scored the winner in the World Cup final. But, um, but even like, the, I mean, I don't know what your guys' thoughts were on the penalty, but I mean, there's obviously a bit of sort of back and forth between uh, Dawson and Pereira before the corner winning that was given. But how you can close on someone and get a penalty, I don't really understand. But, you know, who, who am I to judge? The only question on that was why was Andres Pereira marking Craig Dawson? Like, well, that that is an odd one. I mean, I know it's like you can't have necessarily you know man for man matching up in terms of height, but Dawson's made a career out of being a threat in the air. Like he was West Brom's top <laughs> scorer, pretty much. Like yeah. him and Gareth, him and Gareth McCauley just like <laughs> ripping it up every week under probably Roy or was the manager then. Um, Surely you wouldn't have Pereira marking him. Like there must have been a better option than that. Well, I mean, surely you wouldn't have had Christian Eriksen marking Haaland last week, but <laughs> well, this uh, I mean, seems was... to be the thing. Put put a midget <laughs> on the Giants. And uh, well, we could be managers with this sort of logic, but um, maybe, maybe they think like Dawson will think Jesus. This little fella's marking me. He must be good in the air, and it gets in their heads. Maybe that's the fact. 3D chess again, is it? Well, yeah. <laughs> but Dawson I mean, took the agricultural approach of, do you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to nail this bastard. Well, that's, that's what he's all about, isn't he? Um, so, I mean, that, that was odd. I think as soon as the ref warns them twice, and then he goes and they have a bit of a tussle. I think the refs just do it to, to dick swing a little bit, don't they? Like, mm. I told you not to do it. Yeah. And then, and then they did. Um, I thought Pereira took a goal well, actually. Oh, it's it a beautiful a, finish, isn't it? It was a mighty wallop. Um, granted, he then gave away a pen, but <laughs> you know, it swings around about. Uh, Antonio's goal, one of the greatest goals of all time, I'm sure you'll agree. <laughs> I mean, how I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know, does anyone actually understand this handball law? Because I, I, I just don't get how you can basically catch the ball, have your shot spilled back out to you, and then I don't know what the keeper and defender were doing and for its four bats for Antonio but how can that goal be allowed I mean, that's ridiculous and, and not only that a game will come on to there's a goal in, in the uh, later game that day that was disallowed and you think hang on a minute what's, where, what is going on here <laughs> yeah it hasn't been a good weekend for the old handball law um, and it's you know it's, it's a law that's not had many good weekends of course but <laughs> this weekend has been particularly bad. Mostly on Sunday, to be honest. <laughs> maybe all the 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 maybe it drops that day. They weren't they weren't like the monitor properly. <laughs> maybe yeah, I did read this one that Mike Dean's going in the jungle for a celebrity. So why we then Well, one of, one of the tasks is they have to make VAR calls. They've got the screen set up in the corner, and then whenever. <laughs> Whenever the bell goes off, off they go to review it. And if it's, <laughs> it's, it's, oh dear! Um, oh mate. Um, right, boys. Next up, um, Arsenal beat Liverpool too. Um, we did say last week that if they beat Liverpool, then you could kind of add some credibility to them because that's normally the way they, they bend over. But they came through it. Bye. Yeah, I mean. It's quite impressive. It was a really entertaining game. I thought for neutral, obviously Arsenal 
gone off to a flying start. But I, I actually thought Liverpool, at, after, after sort of maybe the first five, ten minutes, I thought Liverpool in that first half were the better team. Deservedly got themselves an equaliser. But then a really, really poor goal to give away right at the stroke of half-time. I mean, I, I, I feel bad, like, constantly criticising Trent's defending, but it, it's, it's, you're not, you're not, not, like, this is the thing, what, people, you, you see pundits and, and whatnot, and people on Twitter and online always saying, oh, it's an easy target to pick on him like that, but the reason people constantly refer to it is because it keeps happening, like, there's, there's no smoke without fire, he's, he's, both goals in that first half, I think he could take a huge chunk of responsibility for. I also think... Disagree on the first one. Hmm, I, 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 I don't think he cut himself in glory, but the second one it, was really poor. The, the second one's moronic. It's schoolboy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first one he's marking four Arsenal for. Yeah, OK. But the, the second one, also, I think, um, on Match of the Day last night, they, they pointed out the... The recovery runs from Thiago and some of the other players to, to try and get back is non-existent. And I mean, we were sort of I think we were talk, talking before we started recording about the lack of mobility in yeah. Liverpool's midfield, how they set yeah. up against that Arsenal team, the way they're playing at the moment. He's sort of asking for trouble. And then the, the second half, I know Liverpool got themselves an equaliser early on in the second half, but Arsenal, Arsenal completely dominated that, that second half. And... Um, yeah, it was an impressive performance from them. Although just as we were talking about handballs and whatnot in the in the last game, I thought Liverpool were lucky not to have got a penalty in the first half for um, that had Gabriel's handball. I, I, I don't really understand. You say that, but I mean, I think again they they point out on match of the day last night. I was, I was thinking about it myself. The penalty Brentford got against Newcastle. Dan Burns jumps up, he's got his arm up in the air, but he's got his back, he's not even looking at the ball when it's headed back across. That's given. Gabriel is looking at the player and he's got his hands way above his head. So I don't, you know, okay, he's, he's close, but... 20, Simon, I can't believe it's 2022 and we're still having the same discussion that you want consistency from referees. We're never going to get that, I mean... But but I mean that aside, like Arsenal were fully deserving of, of their win, and um, I I don't think that they will be there or thereabouts in terms of a title at the end of the season because I'm not sure they've got quite the squad depth to cope yeah. with injuries and suspensions that will come. Whereas City obviously have two first elevens that are capable of winning the league, um, but they in terms of a top four position. They, they've certainly obviously put themselves in a really, really good spot early on. So, fair play. So, like, like we were saying last week, this this is a real real test for them and uh, the market to see where they are. And so they, they came through it with flying colours, really. Yeah, Dave, Arsenal passed the litmus test right enough and that'll, that'll be massive for them going forward. Yeah, no, they were brilliant. But uh, I thought it was quite fortunate. I mean, obviously, you talk about the handball there, um, which I can't believe wasn't given considering what has been given, does that make sense? Um, I thought the first goal was offside. Watching the replay back, Saka, to me, he's trailing legs offside. Um, I've just read that the reason it wasn't given offside is because... <laughs> yeah. 
the, the cameras don't go that far, so he was without a shot when the ball when the ball was played. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> they, they, they couldn't calibrate the lines, so that yeah. stick with, with the on-field decision, which is insane. But to me, he was offside. I haven't seen it back. I've seen this still, um, and it looks pretty clear. Yeah, I never, yeah. I've not seen a video, but the, the still looked. I, I just never brought up because you know how stills could be. Oh, I mean, it's it's one of those where I'm sure if they drew the lines. I mean, there's been a few recently where they've drawn the lines. I've gone, oh, he's offside. And it pops up with a green onside. I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> so, but I just feel like, I mean, you probably agree as a little fan, like you're getting absolutely nothing in terms of these 50 decisions at the minute. Like, you know, you've probably had your fair share over the years, but at the minute I just feel like it's like it never rains, but it pours for you. Um, because yeah, even the penalty yeah. I thought was quite soft. Well, I mean, exactly the same foul happened tonight in the Villa game, and it wasn't given. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's all, it's it's just a running theme at the minute, but um, I don't think you can say Arsenal didn't deserve to win. Um, I thought Liverpool were better than they have been in some in some cases, certainly going forwards, but still an absolute wreck at the back. Um, oh, Salah, I don't know what's happened to him. He's... <laughs> he, he, well... It's not that he's playing badly, he's just not getting the ball. Like it's no, not yeah. like he's missing chance after chance, he's just he's just not involved in the play and I know he's switched this sort of four four two type thing, but to me you've got to be playing Salah as one of the two in the middle if you're gonna play that. Because yeah. there's no point having yeah. him that that wide because it's just not his game. Get him uh, right beside you know. Get him right up there and have you know, have Jota or whoever play wide, that's not that's not in question, but um as I said in the chat yesterday, why is Klopp pick pick this formation which is a back four, like two of which don't really want to defend. Um, two midfielders, Thiago and Henderson, who aren't mobile, and then four up front who are nowhere near the aforementioned other six. And, <laughs> and the responsibility of getting the ball at those four seems to fall solely on the shoulders of Jordan Brian Henderson. And he kind of seemed to, <laughs> he kind of seemed to do it. Um, so I wasn't surprised really with the result. I haven't seen the teams and things, but. Um, it's a mark of how far Arsenal have come, but also how much Liverpool have dropped off, which you know has been well well publicised. Um, and I, I mean, it's easy to say like it seems like not all is right in in Camp Liverpool at the minute. Seems like Klopp's fallen out with Fabinho. Um, was that last week or the week before? Anyway, yeah, two two weeks ago, yeah. Um, yeah, he's. Finally changed formation away from 4-3-3, but like I say, he didn't seem to have the personnel necessarily to do it. Diaz is now out for the, for the foreseeable future. He's been a really good player this year. I yeah, think. exactly. But um, I feel he's changed formation, but by the looks of the, the changes he's made in his game, like he's done everything with his power to get him back to 4-3-3 as quick as he could. <laughs> uh, with the changes, I mean, even the changes come at the end. I mean, he's, he's taking off forwards when you're losing, bringing on midfielders or yeah. Defensive midfield does literally 2-2 and I, I, didn't, I didn't understand some of the changes I mean yeah. Gomez for Trent fine Trent, Trent's injured or Trent just needs to pull out the firing line like I said last week to me I think Gomez needs to play it right back and if you play Trent midfield by all means give it a go um, just while he's going through play Trent the right wing and put Salah in the middle well it's probably worth <laughs> yeah. a shot at this stage he spends most of his game up there anyway so why not um it just seems like it's all over the place. Um, and to be honest, it hasn't felt like it's been very good from the opening game against Fulham. I think yep. they got no, they got no. at you 
Um, you were kind of fortunate to get away with the point of that in the end, but mm-hmm. um, there's never been a time this season, I mean, other than hammering Bournemouth 9-0, um, where even then, you know, Salah's missing open goals and things and that. Um, it's just been a very lackadaisical start. Um, and I know you can blame money is not there and whatever else, but as you said earlier, like players aren't running as much as hard as they were yeah. previously. Um, several players are out of form, fine, that happens. Um, the manager is out of form, if that's a thing. I just think he's making strange decisions. Um, yeah. The substitutions were bizarre. Like I know Salah had never his best game, but to take him off and Henderson, like further forward, I was like, what, 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 yeah. what's this? <laughs> Henderson, at, Henderson at right wing to win the game against that young, vibrant Arsenal. I mean, that's just, it's just insane, absolute insanity. Um, so, I don't know. I think Ross made a good point. I can't remember who it was now who said that this is exactly the same as how um, Klopp's last season at Dortmund went. Where? Yes, I said it last week on the podcast. Um, this seven season at main seven season at Dortmund it's exactly the same um, it's he's just all he's all over the place and it it, it would be less alarming almost if he hadn't signed the new contract in the summer um, but he's just signed an extension as well um, which actually makes it probably more concerning uh, I mean I think if I were in, in his shoes or your shoes, rather, I'd want to keep hold of Klopp and replace several of the agent players rather than... If you get rid of Klopp, the problem still exists in that you've got an agent squad who yeah, needs any, to and up. I mean any other manager, including bloody Stephen Gerrard coming in, get rid of Jordan Henderson right away. Uh, well, it's all well and good, but hey. who's, who's going to replace him is the problem. Like, it's not like this. But there's a 12-year-old in the academy who is... <laughs> Jordan Henderson. I, I, I was going to just not even slag him off because I feel it's wasting my time. There isn't a worse player in that squad right now than Jordan Anderson. I don't, I don't know what he offers. I, I just can't tell you, apart from loads of shouting. And it looks like he's shouting he's got himself in trouble now. <laughs> well, I was going to mention that, because we don't know what's going to happen with that yet. But... I, I, I honestly hope he's found guilty. I genuinely hope he's found guilty. He's hung on well, quarter five. I mean, looking at the fact, if the referee's reporting things to both managers and both players, whatever else, it's not like it's not a good looking at you, Marjo. No, like, there's obviously so much going on there, which is I've seen that. Why is the referee not doing something about this? I don't think he heard it. I think it's been said right. to him that there's been an allegation of it, and that's why yeah. there will because it was a scrum, it was a, like a scrum, wasn't it, after the penalty? Yeah, um, and Henderson and Gabriel, Gabriel um, were at the back of it. And I don't think I think Oliver was trying to get the ball on the spot. Still, I, I, I mean. genuinely hope it comes out as it's true. No, honestly, I hope he's. Oh. I mean, I mean, he's obviously said something because you look at Gabriel's reaction. It's, it's you know, it's not good. Um, and I think you don't see Liverpool players necessarily rushing in to defend him when yeah. Xhaka and Co come in to have a, have a have their say. Um, That's why Manny left. I'm telling you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, I mean that's too far. Sorry, <laughs> my my hatred for him has gone too far. But yeah, it's it's not it's not a good look. Um, so we'll see, um, see in the next few weeks, I'd imagine. Yeah, well, you haven't won a league game since August the thirty first, which is 
mad, really. I mean, oh yeah, had a new Prime Minister. Well, because the games, yeah, you pay a new monarch since then. I mean, <laughs> see, that's what's cost us. That's it. You know, it's it's all these scousers who 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 love the Queen and country and are starting to Tories. That's what um, that's the demise of the, the football club. <laughs> um, until something changes, we really stand by that. Um, right, let's go off that subject. And um, the two teams are—it's the, it's the one game of the season. That I just want it to be like a terrible nil-nil game with loads of send-offs and loads of injuries. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get that, but we got a, an Everton one at Man United two, Simon. Um, yeah, so well for Everton. Yeah, it is. Um... For five minutes. I mean, I, I, I just watched the uh, the highlights on on match of the day last night. I, I mean, a nice nice goal for Mirobi. Fair play. You know, he just struck it really well. Obviously, uh, Casemiro. I'm not sure if that was his first start in the league or something. His first time I've, I've probably seen him playing anyway for them. And he you know dwells on the ball and a bit of physicality, which he, he may have got a free kick for that in the league, but don't get them in. In the Premier League, and then you, know, you know, obviously Everton fast start, Manu in the back of uh, a really bad weekend last weekend. You, you thought they, they they might have possibly crumbled, but to be fair to United, I, I thought after, from that moment on, I, from from the highlights I saw, I, I thought United were pretty much in full control of this game. Casemiro shrugged off that that early blip and plays a. Uh, Lovely free ball for for Ronaldo's goal after, after winning the ball back off Iwobi, I think. And Everton, just both goals really, let let themselves down. Just sloppy play in the midfield. United do what they've sort of... when they, The only things they've tended to do well over the last sort of 18 months, two years, is counter-attack reasonably well away from home. And, and that's where they got their goals from. And I thought from the moment they, they took the lead in that game... And, from what I saw, it didn't really look like Everton were ever really going to get back into it. Rashford looked like he made it 3-1 with a goal that, as I sort of referenced earlier, if Skimaka and Antonio were ha- uh, having their goals given, I really don't understand how Rashford has had his taken away from him. But, yeah, we're not. I, I, I can't be asked getting back into that debate. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm it's but, sickening, um, really, because, like... It, it didn't give him any advantage. If it didn't hit hand, it hit his body. Like yeah, uh, yeah. It's just, but but the, but that aside, I'd, I'd say I mean I, I don't know if either of you actually watched the full game, but from, from what I saw, other than the first maybe five ten minutes, I, I thought United were, were pretty much well in control of this match. Yeah, I watched pretty much the whole thing. Um, obviously, had that early goal and that. Meant they just sat in behind the ball and sort of weirdly beaten. I mean, obviously, Garnagier gives the ball away for the first goal with a sloppy touch. Um, Anthony's the strangest footballer I've seen for a long time. In that he, he isn't involved in the play whatsoever, but every chance he gets, he scores. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell you a single other incident he was involved in. In any of the games he's played? <laughs> nah, honestly, every game. It's, it's been this, yeah. I think he's scored in every game he's played now, but he's probably about 10 touches. Um, yeah, fair play, I suppose, but it's, it'll obviously get better, I think, as, as time goes on. Um, it was only the last 10 minutes where Everton came alive, alive and that was 
probably not coincidental to coincide with Calvert-Lewin coming back on. Um, he, I wouldn't say terrified the Man United defence, but he, he, he had a nuisance factor, isn't he? Like, especially against, you know, it's been well documented that Martinez isn't the biggest. Um, Four foot two, Martinez. <laughs> I mean, Calvert-Lewin can jump five foot two on his own, so I mean, that was, <laughs> that was part of it, but there'll be a better side, obviously, when he's back and fully fit, if he can get fully fit again. Um, otherwise, Everton would just kind of what you'd expect from them. Hoof and hoof, hoof and hoof, not really carving out any clear cut chances, but just percentage balls in the box. Um, there's nothing wrong with us. Um, it's, Lampard's a very kind of big Sammy, really, in that he, he, he just sets up not to lose necessarily and plays for goals from crosses and things like that. Again, as I said before, he's just made the most of what he's got, but it's not uh, it's not particularly pretty. Um, quick question: How old is Seamus Coleman? Can't believe he's still playing. Must be knocking on forty. <laughs> I honestly thought he'd retire. It's uh, in the contract of every commentator that whenever he plays, they have to say, "Oh, the picture Seamus Coleman for just fifty thousand pounds twenty years ago." That's got to go down as one of the greatest. Value for money signs of all time, hasn't it? And then the core <laughs> commentator is then obliged to agree. And it's like, fantastic. Well, <laughs> he's, like. pa- he's past his best now, though. <laughs> Stop picking him, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I just I couldn't believe that there when I went out the team lineups and see Seamus Coleman, Seamus <laughs> Coleman, Seamus Coleman starting in 2022. Oh, wait, Patterson's broken, isn't he? When, yeah. when does Everton play Southampton? Because if we don't get a Keogh Walcott, we shame it's cold. I'm going to be severely upset. It's late in being still playing football. <laughs> he might be in with a shout. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, Everton are Everton boys. I, 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 there's not really much you can add, especially under Frank, I think. He's, he's definitely better than his England counterpart at who will come on to next, Simon, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think you'll get tell much of it. And see, my I still don't know what I think of this United team. Have you boys any like more positive, whether they're top four guarantees or are they still like, like what are my United still? Like yourself, I, I'm still can't really figure them out quite yet. Um, Obviously, they had a terrible start to the season, but then they won, what's it like, something like four or five in a row, or four in a row, and then got that absolute spanking last weekend, but followed it up with a good one yesterday. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of them. I don't know about you, Dave. It's it's really not that much different to when Solskjaer was there, where the, yeah. the, you know, where they play on the counter-attack against most teams. They'll score goals and they win games. Um, they go behind first, of course, but that just you know makes it interesting. Um, but but then when they play a really good side um, or well coached side, whatever you want to call them, they they tend to struggle. Um, and I've seen nothing so far that suggests otherwise. It's just been it's been uh, very hit and miss. They've um, they've beaten a few you know what Everton, Southampton teams who, with all due respect, are going to finish at the bottom half of the table. Um, but I thought they were fortunate to beat Arsenal. Um, they obviously hammered off Man City. Um, I guess the big one of them was that they beat Liverpool, but that seems to be the done thing at the minute. So. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> disappointing that you can't do that. 
Yeah, I mean, I say they've got us the weekend, um, and then they've got Tottenham at home, uh, and I think we'll probably know an awful lot more about this Man United team's credentials after those two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two games with <coughs> zero points. Um, right, on to the Monday night game. The whole reason we delayed this pod really was just to get this thriller <laughs> in, Simon. Um, but your boys let us down. Uh, Nottingham Forest won. Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa won. Yeah, God. <laughs> um, I just, I've, I've run out of patience with Gerard. We were talking before we started recording, and for me, I, I, I think we just get rid of him now because he's not going to make it beyond the. He definitely won't make it to the end of the season. I'd be surprised if he makes it to the World Cup. So I don't see what the point in, in hanging on. And let the season develop further and wasting yet another year. I mean, it's just, it's so bad. I, I honestly think we're the worst team to watch in the league at the moment. It's just, there's no style of play there whatsoever. It, it's so slow and pedestrian, the build up. I mean, we've, unbelievably, we're unbeaten in our last four games, but we've been fucking dreadful in all four of them. <laughs> and, and what is more mental is all four of them have been live on Sky. Now, you know, there's a cost of living crisis and people are going to be cutting back on luxuries. I don't know what Sky are thinking because surely any neutral subscriber will be thinking, do you know what? If I'm going to have to watch that shit every week, I'm going to cancel my Sky subscription because it, it's... It's so bad to watch. We've, we've become a bit better defensively over the last four games, tightening it up, but God, that has come at such a cost in terms of going forward. Nine games into the season, we've only scored seven goals, and in those nine games, we played Forest, who are fucking dreadful. We played Leeds, who are fucking dreadful. We played Southampton, who are fucking dreadful. We played Everton at a time when they were fucking dreadful at the start of the season. We played West Ham, who were fucking dreadful and had lost the first three games of the season without scoring. We played a rubbish Crystal Palace team. It's just, it's nowhere near good enough for for the, the quality of attacking players on that pitch. It's a disgrace that we've only scored seven goals. In, in those nine games. And the only reason we got a goal today was because Ashley Young re, you know, hopped in the DeLorean and went back to 2008 and smashed an absolute <laughs> world into the bottom corner. But uh, uh, apart from that, we never looked like scoring. And if, if you're playing a Nottingham Forest team, you shipped four goals to Leicester last weekend and you don't look like scoring. That, that to me, suggests there's real problems. I mean, I, I just... I, just looking at a, a tweet now from uh, about an hour ago, the journalist saying Forest and Villa are basically opposites. One has a fine coach and a confused squad. The other a fine squad and a confused manager. The latter is easier to solve and Villa should try. And I think that's exactly what we need to do because Gerard's been at, in charge just under a year now. And for me, we're, we're so much worse to watch than we were a year ago under Dean Smith. I, I do not understand... At the time, I thought it was an odd decision to sack Smith to replace him with Gerrard, so I didn't see how that was an upgrade. And unfortunately, that that looks to have been proven right because it's it's just it's so bad. As as I say, we're unbeaten in four, so in theory, you kind of think, well, you know, that's that's not that bad. But we fucking we've played Leeds and Forest in the last two weeks. 
and got one point, uh, uh, two points from those two games and one goal. It's it's not good enough. It's just, it's really not good enough. I thought I had some good news for you because I just went on Twitter saying my head Stevie. Even Gerard was defending. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just everybody's saying exactly what you've just said. <laughs> Get rid of him in the morning. Um, Steve, <sighs> what mm. he had really that, that Simon's not. That's uh, all he said there. It was like watching a championship fixture, unfortunately. Um, Forest were no great shakes, and Villa were only marginally better. Um, very scrappy kind of match, but. As I said, really, the players Villa have got, they should be far better, or at least more cohesive than they actually are. There doesn't seem an awful lot of, of a plan in there. Um, it's very poor to watch. Um, and I agree, I, I don't think it'll be manager for an awful lot longer. Um, you've got ambitious owners there who've spent a fortune on a lot of players, um, and the results are just nowhere near good enough. So. You think you look at so over in the fixtures between now and the World Cup break, we've got Chelsea at home on the weekend, not getting anything from that. Fulham away after that, be at best a point. Brentford at home, that's probably the only game where you you think you could win that, but I don't see it. We've got Newcastle away, the form you're in, the form we're in, we're not getting anything from that. And then we've got Manu at home and Brighton away, and then it's the World Cup break. Those. Six games. Honestly, the way we're playing at the moment, I don't. I do not see where a victory is coming from in those six games. And as I say, I, I, I don't think he'll. I, I don't think he he'll be in charge by the time that World Cup comes, unless something drastic changes. Because, like you just said, they're the ambitious owners. Some of the money we spend, some of the players we've got in there. I, I just, I, I think I said it. I might have said it last week, or I said it a couple of weeks ago. I don't understand how you can have a, a team with the likes of Brendier, Coutinho, Ings, Watkins available to you, and and never look like scoring. That that has to come down to obviously there's occasions where the players are making mistakes and, and not maybe playing as well as they should be, but the fact it keeps happening. That can't all just be down to, you know, individual player errors. That's got to be the way they're, they're set up and the way the uh, they're, they're, they've been told to play. And like you say, I don't know what the plan is. You look at, the, the, as I, I said, that they're the worst team to watch. It's because they're the only team that I look at and I think I don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah, there's literally no argument for anyone. Especially somebody who watches it more, as I say, huge fan of the the Villa podcast. Obviously, your your own podcast as well for the Villa one. I don't know why I've got such a <laughs> interest in Villa. Uh, it, it just kind of fascinates me with the ambitious owners and um and obviously some. I just I'm I just I'm obsessed with Ben D. I think he's a fantastic player. So you've got players like that, but. I, I just, yeah, I mean, I can't turn around and say Brendan Rodgers is lucky to be in a job um, <laughs> and not be even more perplexed how how Rodgers is, how Gerard is. As you say, you're in, you're in worse shape now as you were when Dean Smith was, was let go. Um, I was always very confused by the signing of Gerard, I suppose. The, the owners had seen the European exploits of, of Gerard and kind of 
like romanticism maybe of it. Um, obviously, the name of Gerard would have would help as well. But I, I was never, I was never convinced. I didn't think it would go as bad as as it has done. <laughs> um, not not so soon anyway. I thought you might have got a year of a hope, but I don't feel you've ever had bar the first couple of games. I don't, I don't believe there's ever really been. Even a glimmer of hope with, with Gerard. I, I genuinely feel that he's um, he just, he's not brought any identity whatsoever. I just I don't know what he's brought to Villa at all. Um, he's not really made you any better defensively, apart from the fact that he shoves nine men behind the ball. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, there's just there's there's no there's no improvement. The, with the exception of uh, probably. Matty Cash and Jacob Ramsey, who have improved over the last season, but I I don't know how much of that I'd actually put down to Gerard. I'd say that's just more their their own actual talents. That, yeah, that's, 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 that sounds like Brendan Rodgers giving himself a pat in the back for Ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, at least we didn't lose. That's the the only the only positive I can take. Is that we didn't lose, and that I've got to see Ashley goal, uh, Ashley Young score a, a Thunder Bastard once again in in the Villa top. I tell you what, on on a positive note, one thing from the Villa, the, the Gerard experiment, Ashley Young's been tremendous for you. Uh, do you know what? He he has been excellent. I, I, I know uh, England are struggling for a left back for this World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> you get him off. I'd rather Ashley Young than Luke Shaw was playing at left. I can't believe you didn't pick Ashley Young for your left winger last week. I was ten. If, if, Sam, <laughs> if Sam Lazaridis had been allowed to go, through <laughs> uh, um, well, that brings us to the end of the games. Any anything else to add on to the Villa game or any other game, Dave? Uh, no, it was awful. We never talk about it ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fair shout. Um, right, boys, we um, we don't have a result of the the team of the terrible team of the Premier League or whatever we're calling it from last week. There's no poll was put up, um, so there'll be a double poll up with the the right wingers. Um, so, do you have your right wingers in mind, uh, either of you, before I come to one and you say I've- no? I've got one in mind. <laughs> right, so we'll go to you first then. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go uh, Mo Salah. Obviously, he's not having the, the best of times this season, but his goal-scoring records uh, over the last what four or five years since he's come to Liverpool has, has been absolutely incredible. And there was a definite period over the last sort of 18 months, two years, where you could honestly say he was one of the best players, not the best player in the world for the time being. And, um, yeah, he's really, really, really transformed. Helped a big, big part of transforming that team under Klopp. So, yeah, I'm going to go Salah. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been mine. Um, I'll give you, Carlos, um, his was under Kintelskis. Um, <laughs> no Jeez, for God's sake. <laughs> Mr. Black, for yourself. Uh, I'm going to go with slightly out position, but you'll see why. Uh, David Beckham. Yeah, he I... is a right winger in the sense that in the 90s, it would have been a four four two, which is when he played. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think you can talk about right wingers in the Premier League without 
bring him in discussion regardless of whether he's a right side midfield player or a right winger, whatever you want to call it. Like, um, just what he did for his country as a, as a player, you know, barely been matched, probably will take a while before it's matched again. Um, mm-hmm. he went, he went through a lot. Um, obviously some of it was his own fault, but, um, he never hid, um, at club or country level for me. Um, and obviously has all the accolades to go with it and also transcends football these days. So, um, that's my nomination. I'm happy with that shout, to be fair. The only reason I didn't is because, yeah, obviously, the 4 3 3, you wouldn't have him as that, but yeah, you're right. You can't have a discussion of a right winger, not, not mention David Beckham. <laughs> yeah, I, I 100% agree. I almost had him in, in my centre midfield slot. Um, the same way, even in my 11 pieces of me, I picked him as a centre midfielder. Um, just to get him in, you know, just because if this was a 4 4 2 for me, as a guaranteed starter in right midfield. Um, yeah. He, I think he has to be included in any conversation. If you're talking about, you know, all-time greats in the Premier League, if Gerrard is not included, if, if Beckham's not included, sorry, you're just you're just deluded. These people, I, 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 me and Ryan said, it was me and Ryan that the piece to me together when we had the Beckham, and I honestly feel he's criminally underrated because of the, the stuff that surrounds him. I think people forget how good a footballer he was. Yeah. Just look at the, the clubs he played for. I mean, obviously not not just United, but Real Madrid, yeah. even AC Milan towards the end of his career. You know, they they took him back twice. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, and not, not just because oh, it's David Beckham, it's because he could still contribute and did. Yeah, his, one of his best seasons I've seen him play was I think it was his. I'm sure it was his last season at Madrid, and they, they genuinely played him centre midfield for about seventy percent of the season, um, and he was phenomenal. Um, just played like a quarterback, you know, like with, with his his passing. Um, like it's just how how good he was on the ball is genuinely scary. Um, and it was just how hard he practiced his work. If, as you say, the the England um, the England performances, he, he didn't he didn't hide. He just was. He just. He loved being that man. He loved being the man. He loved being the guy that everybody could look towards. And yeah, I, I really like that pick. I'd love him to get back. I can't see it. I think actually maybe yeah, because he's up against Kajelskis. So it's a good <laughs> um, my pick just generally because I think we struggled for wingers, um, and it's a slight, slight cheap um, just sideways. But I'm going to pick Steve McManaman. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Probably, probably more for the left hand side. Um, but McManaman for Liverpool when I was growing up was frightening. Um, obviously, Liverpool fans kind of think less of him purely on the basis of how he left. And I think he was the first ever big name Bosman thing, wasn't he? In that rule. He was the first ever. One. The six month um, contract and talk club yeah, approval. Um, but what what a ridiculously good player. Um, and then went on and obviously won two Champions Leagues at, at Real Madrid. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick McManaman as my pick. I always remember watching the UEFA Cup on BBC when I was a kid and McManaman, when Liverpool played Celtic and he went on that run. Yes, getting against, I was in I mean, that game. I mean, just an incredible goal. Yeah, did he not it's, do it to use? He did. Against, 
He did against someone else, definitely, in the Premier League. Sure, it was Villa. Yeah, he did, yeah. Pretty much the same goal from about yeah. the line. Yep. It's absolutely mad how he never got like a run in the England team, considering like how good he was. <laughs> yeah. And then, was he not... I'm sure, was it Euro 96? Was he named in the team of the tournaments or something like that? I'm sure he was. Or definitely, like... He was named in something like something like that for Euro 96. Yeah. Was it Euro do we play him as a wing-back in the year 86? I'm sure we did something mad like that. Where, like, yeah, it was the Christmas tree, wasn't it? With every passing game, Venables played like one less defender and one more attacker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, I feel like he's just a player that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, yeah, it's probably um, because... Especially, he, especially when, Liverpool fans, though, as well. I think the time he went, obviously, to Madrid was at, what, so 97, 98? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know how... I can't really remember it being that easy to watch sort of European football in this country, so maybe he sort of went out of people's minds a little bit. Yeah, true. Like, you yeah. I never saw him, like, playing in Champions League on ITV. It's not like now no. you can watch every game. Well, that's it as well. I mean, Real Madrid wouldn't be featured on, like, the highlights for them, because the, the live game would all be, all be the British teams. The like. British teams. Yeah. So, I remember being yeah. surprised to see him playing in, like, a Champions League semi for Real Madrid. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's so. Our right midfielders or right wingers are Salah, Beckham, McManaman, and Kajelskis. Uh, if Kajelskis doesn't finish last in this, um, <laughs> right, well. actually, who cares? I've seen the team. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Um, come next weekend, it's the 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 number nine role, um, which should be should be interesting because there's a lot to choose from. Um, can we put Haaland in it already? Oh. <laughs> Justified yet? Um, or does he need a couple more games yet? Well, I'm saying now he's, he's about 245 goals behind my pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? I, I'm to, obviously, Dave's picks is obvious. Um, it'll be a, it'll be an interesting one to see see who picks who because um, I think I think two picks are guaranteed. I think you could predict. And the other two are up in the air. It all depends on who gets the the second back in. So yes, it shall be interesting. Um, right, chaps, that brings us to the end. Uh, Dave, if you can let everybody know where they can find you and what you're working on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cm nine seven nine eight. Coming up soon will be the twenty fifth anniversary. Uh, we've got a load of stuff planned for that, which is on the thirty first October. Oh, spooky! I honestly thought you were going to say you can find me at Sylvie now. <laughs> I swear that's how it sounded like. Hey, sorry for yourself. Uh, well, yes, actually, for uh, <laughs> me, can't point out it's, it's at Sire Regan and uh, for Villa fans, the Holtcast podcast. Although it's not much fun to listen to at the moment, <laughs> and the web, or oh, maybe it is fun depending on how sadistic you are. And the uh, website is seventy five hundreds to Holtz dot com. Yeah, I was going to say I beg to differ on that one. Yeah. <laughs> You can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms. Um, Chris and the gang will be back on Friday slash Saturdays. Um, and I promise we'll be back next Monday. Um, first thing, uh, back, back to regular next week. Um, so, yeah, thank you at home for listening. Thank you two gentlemen for joining me and um, my rearranged picture. Thank you. Thank you and always remember... Keep your man in the post.